as I forecasted before, to Hebrews chapter 1. I read the verses earlier, so I, and I'm going to read them again later. So we might just, in the interest of time, uh, read them a bit later. But today is my third message in uh, the epistle to the Hebrews. In my first two messages, we saw that this was an epistle written by an unknown, unknown author uh, to an unnamed church. It's clear the audience, though, were Jewish believers, uh, because of persecution, uh, were being tempted to go back into Judaism. Uh, perhaps they were thinking of going back to the synagogue. Uh, perhaps they were considering putting themselves again under the yoke of the law. When I was uh, considering that, I was thinking about those Protestant people uh, in the 15 and 1600s uh, who were being persecuted by the Catholic Church. They might have felt the same kind of desire. Maybe if we just go back to the Catholic Church, then they won't they'll stop trying to kill us. And perhaps that was the reason why these, this church was considering uh, perhaps going back to the synagogue or putting themselves back under the yoke of the law. But it was because of this, uh, this uh, the author wrote this amazing letter. He wrote it to remind them how much better they were to follow Jesus Christ. At the end of Hebrews, the author uh, calls Hebrews a letter. Hebrews 13, 22, And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in a few words. And so this is an epistle. It's a letter. The author said he had written a letter. He had written an epistle. But Hebrews doesn't start like any other New Testament epistle. The author doesn't give his name. He doesn't give the name of the recipients and he doesn't even give a greeting. He just launches into some of the deepest doctrine in the whole of the Bible. Perhaps he'd been sort of storing this up, I thinking, when he heard about what this church was considering, when he heard that they were perhaps considering going back under the law and uh, perhaps he, he was sort of storing up this. So when he started to write, he just brings out his biggest guns. If ever, if ever a Bible book starts with a bang, it's Hebrews. It takes us right into the heavenlies and shines a light on the divine Christ. The author wanted to warn his readers that to go back to Judaism, back to Moses and the law, they had to leave the divine Christ. If you go back to Moses, you have to leave Christ. If you go back under the law, you have to leave Christ. And considering who he is, did they really want to do that? Did they really want to do that? In the first three verses, the author makes eight grand statements about God the Son. These three verses could be a mini-series in themselves, <laughs> but I'm just at the beginning of my series, and so... I'm going to attempt to get through them in two messages, but after today it'll probably be three because I only get to the first point. That leaves me another seven. I'll try to not make it a mini-series, but there's some wonderful doctrine in these verses. 
Now, I'm not sure that I'm capable of, of plummeting the depths of these verses, but if nothing else, we should, we should get a fresh view of the Saviour. The first point the author makes is in verses 1 and uh, verse 2a. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And so the first point here is that Jesus is the prophet. And I've said he's the prophet of the new covenant. Jesus is the prophet of the new covenant. In verse 1, the author reminds us how God spoke to the fathers in time past. Now, this is what we now call the Old Testament era. Now, we mustn't fall into that trap of thinking every era in the Old Testament is the same. There was the era of the patriarchs. There was the era before that. There was the era of the law. Uh, it's not just one particular era. But, if, but what uh, the author is trying to point us to is basically the Old Testament and the prophets and how God spoke to the fathers uh, during that Old Testament period. And the blessing that we, we should get at, from, um, from verse 1 at, at first is it says, God who at sundry times in divers manners spake unto the fathers. <laughs> the blessing uh, that we should note here is that God did speak to man. After the fall, God, God could have just left us to our own devices let us die in our sins and go to hell. And you know, that would have been fair and just for a holy God. But thankfully, God didn't go silent after the fall. Instead, in his love and mercy, God graciously spoke to the fathers. We ought not to think that God owes us anything. He doesn't even owe us to speak to us when we are sinners lost and undone. So he said, in time past, God spoke unto the fathers. These were the Jewish fathers. God spoke to them and they to us and God revealed to them and us the pathway to redemption. Verse uh, 1 says that God spoke in time past at sun, sundry times, not just at one time. Now you all know that, of course. God suited the message that he gave to the times and the needs of men in whatever era they lived. But it meant that through, it meant that his revelation was given in smaller parts, smaller doses, not at just one particular time. Now we know in respect to the law, uh, when Moses went up to be with the Lord in Mount Sinai, there, there was a lot of information given in, in that one, at, time, at that one time. But uh, for the rest of the time, the Lord gave uh, his revelation at different times. And so the Old Testament was written over a period of about... 1,500 years, different times, adding up to about 1,500 years, by, and it was written by about 20 different authors. And so God spoke at sundry times, at different times. God also spoke, it says, in divers' manners. Now, this isn't the diving when you go out to the, to the islands and dive in the water. This is not, it's the word diverse. We would put an E on the end, it'll be probably understand. It's diverse manners, different one. In different manners. This refer, refers to different forms of delivery, of different styles. God uh, revealed his word in different ways to different people. Now, the author here focuses on the prophets. God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Um, 
We know that God spoke to them at different times and in different manners. Moses spoke God's law. I did a whole series on Moses the prophet. He definitely was one of the prophets. David spoke God's psalms, and we had some wonderful prophecies in David uh, uh, that came through the psalms. Ezekiel's messages often came through visions. Uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah were given inspiration directly. Uh, Daniel's messages were delivered by dreams or by a visiting angel or some other way. Different manners, different ways, diverse ways that God revealed his word to the Old Testament prophets. There were the major prophets and the minor prophets of our Bible, but there were other prophets that didn't have their prophecies made into a book. Although the, the Bible tells us that there was a book of Gad, we just don't have that anymore. We don't have that in our, in our Bibles, so I don't even know if it's extant. But there were prophets like Gad and there were prophets like Nathan, prophets that, whose names were given, but they're not, they're, they don't have a book in our Bible. But there are some prophets that were not named that says this prophet came up from this place and went up here and said that, but we don't know his name. So some of the prophets were named, some of them were unnamed. God spoke to the fathers in time past through the prophets, different times and in different manners. The prophecies began basically, I suppose, with Moses and ended with Malachi. The prophets declared the will of God as they were moved and inspired by the Holy Ghost. Just as Peter told his readers in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1.21, For the prophecy came not in old time, that's time past, by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved, inspired, by the Holy Ghost, God, the Holy Ghost breathed these, his word into these men and they moved and they wrote down or spoke God's word. In time past, God spake by these Old Testament prophets we know and we love. And there's always a benefit for us to get into those prophets and to read what God said through them. But when Jesus came, things changed and that's the author's point. Verse 1, God who at sundry times in diverse manners in, in time past, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Now verse 2 refers to these last days. Now these aren't the last days at the end of the world. That's something different. These were the days in which the author was writing. He was writing now these last days, here and now for when he was writing this epistle. These, day, these were the days that were in juxtaposition to the times past. There's the times past and now there's these days. And the difference is Jesus came. Before, God spoke through the prophets, but now after Jesus had come in these days, God spoke through his son. These days is really a reference to the New Testament as opposed to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament era, God spoke through the prophets, but when Jesus finally came, he was better than any prophet. Think about it. Because he was God's son. He was, bought, he was better not to be, just because of who he was, but also because of his personal knowledge of God. John makes reference to this on a number of occasions. John 1.18, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. All the prophets could do was share what God had told them to say. 
But Jesus was God. And he had been with the Father in heaven. Who better to tell us about God and his will for us than his Son? John 6.46 says, Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Imagine someone trying to tell you about your Father who never knew him. When they tried to tell you what he was like, all you would have to say is, I know, I know, he's my dad. He's my dad, I know, I know about my dad. And that's how it was when Jesus came. He simply told us what he had seen of the Father. But there was also a real sense that when Jesus came, he replaced the Old Testament prophets and became the prophet of the New Covenant, the New Testament. When he came, Jesus preached about the kingdom and a bunch of other things. <laughs> and he was considered a prophet. Now, now you can turn in your Bibles uh, to Matthew 21. Have a look over there. Now you've had a little rest. Matthew chapter 21 and verses 10 and 11. Matthew 21, verse 10. And the multitude, I said, verse 10, and when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. You know, other New Testament writers wrote letters or gospels or history books. Jesus wasn't an author. You know, he didn't write an epistle. He never wrote a book. He was a preacher. He was a prophet. He came as a prophet declaring the kingdom of God. Have a look in John 6, 14. John 6, 14. He wasn't just a prophet, but he was the prophet. John 6, 14. This was after Jesus had fed the 5,000 from a few loaves and fishes. And when the people saw this amazing miracle, this was their conclusion. Verse 14, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet, that should come into the world. Jesus was the prophet that was to come, foretold by Moses. If you were to go to Deuteronomy, chapter 18, chapter 5, verse 15 and verse 18, you'll read something like this. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, Moses, and I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Jesus was the Messiah, the prophet. He was the Messiah, the prophet that the Jews had been waiting for. And when they saw these things happening, that's, ah, oh, he's, the, he's the prophet that Moses said would come. Have a look in Acts 3. Acts chapter 3. Uh, Paul, uh, Peter and John would use this very um, prophecy about the coming prophet to speak to the Jews about their need to repent and believe in him. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. So this is, this is Peter at the, the beautiful gate after he'd healed that man. And he said to the crowd that, that uh, came around, Repent ye therefore, 
and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which, was, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. All of the prophets were actually making prophecies that Messiah would come. For Moses, and he uses an example, for Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Jesus was the prophet that Moses had predicted would come. His prophetic ministry, unlike the Old Testament prophets, was during a concentrated period of time. It wasn't over 1,500 years. It wasn't through a whole bunch of different people. It was through a concentrated period of time of, a, of three incredible years. And we know that his words are recorded in the Gospels. And the right way, I think, uh, Peter is encouraging us to do, the right way to respond to Christ uh, and to what he said, to what he spoke, is to hear what he said, repent of our sins and turn to him. That was Peter's message. And if we don't repent of our sins and we don't turn to him, then we will be destroyed. That's what it says. Verse 23. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. If we hear him, though, if we do hear him and we do repent of our sins and turn to him, our sins will be forgiven. The words that Jesus spoke are the difference between life and death, spending eternity in heaven or spending an eternity in hell. Let me read John 12, what Jesus himself said. John 12, 47 and 48. He said, If any man hear my words and believe not, I, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. If you reject the words that Jesus spoke, then you will be standing before God in judgment and spend your eternity in hell. But if you receive his word and believe his word, then you will be saved. The way for us to escape the final judgment the way for us to be saved is to hear the words of Christ and believe. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. He is the prophet of the new covenant. But you might say, well, pastor, we know that after Jesus came, there were other apostles and there were other prophets. And that's true. But whose apostles and prophets were they? Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2, 3 and 4. I'll do verse 2 to 4. 
First, the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord? In these last days, uh, God has spoken through his Son. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So his message was one of salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us, the third party, by them that heard him. Those apostles and those prophets of the New Testament era were basically those who heard what Jesus said and told us what he said. They were his apostles, his prophets, and the evidence, we see it in the New Testament all, all over the place. Uh, right at the beginning of some epistles, Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, first, the first few words are Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. James 1.1, 1, 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude 1.1, 1, 1, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, uh, with, with their, this, these are the words of John, the apostle, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. All those New Testament authors, all those New Testament apostles and prophets were not of Moses. They weren't some of some Jewish rabbi. These were those that heard Jesus speak, who shared those words with us. They had heard him in the temple when he took on those Pharisees. They heard him as he gave that wonderful sermon on the mount. They were there with him in the upper room when he shared those heartfelt things and that wonderful prayer. They were at the cross and they heard those last words. It is finished. And then they were with him for a whole month, 40 days in Galilee, as he shared with them his vision for the kingdom. These were the men who heard what he said and they simply shared his words. Which brings us back to our text. If you flip over, Hebrews chapter 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manner spake in time past by the fathers, unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. And who better to tell us about the Father and about what he has, his desires for us, than his own divine Son. You know, we can learn much from reading Moses and the Old Testament prophets. But we must live our life and take our doctrine from the Son because he only has the words of life. He is the prophet of the new covenant. But not only that, in verse 2 here we read, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things. And that's what we're going to look at next time, shall we pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for sending heaven's best. We know that, Lord, we wouldn't be able to be saved if you didn't send your Son uh, to purge us from our sins. We thank you, Father, that we've been able to, uh, to hear his voice. Uh, Lord, as we've read the Gospels, uh, Father, as uh, we read the epistles uh, written by men who heard him speak, I pray that, Father, that the Lord Jesus and his words might be the difference in our lives. I pray that we will have believed in his words. He was the one.
who said, gave those wonderful words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I pray that we might have believed in him so that we might have life. And Father, that, that every single day we might ha uh, let his words uh, guide us and direct us through our lives. And we pray in his precious name. Amen.